0: You are listening to Beyond Smart Buildings by PropMoto, where we explore the eight principles that go into intelligent space. To listen to other episodes from this series,
1: just search for PropMoto wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, everyone, and welcome.
2: My name is Franco. I'm the editor of PropMoto, and this is my podcast about smart building principles. This is just one episode in a series of nine, where we look at what it means for a building to be smart. This episode is about a concept that is often talked about but really rarely clearly understood, and that's innovation. With me as always to go through the journey of discovery is Vincent Dermody, a smart building consultant. Hi Vinny, how are you today? I'm well, Franco, thank you.
0: Today's topic is a really interesting one because as you said, innovation is a word that gets thrown around haphazardly quite a lot. The tech industry has been sounding the innovation hall for decades. And I think the focus on innovation has somehow jumped the gun on what exactly innovation really means.
2: Mm-hmm, absolutely, I mean it's gotten to the point where that that word, uh, you know, it's it's like means nothing and, and everything at the same time. And you know, now when we talk about something being uh, an innovation, we kind of associate it with you know a piece of hardware or, or maybe a new software program. But but the true meaning of innovation is actually much broader.
1: Yes, this is why you see
0: so much of the property industry focus on which technology they can add to a current business process rather than rethinking what, they're, like, what way they're operating from the ground up. Do they actually need to change the process at all? Does, does the process even need to exist? Innovation is about being creative in problem solving and thinking differently, not just finding a reason to use technology. Technology is a byproduct of innovation, not the purpose and cause.
2: Yeah. You know, when I first started writing about technology and buildings, you know, all anyone wanted to, uh, to call it was was prop tech. But, you know, and now we see a bit of a pushback against that term because, you know, tech is just one aspect of the innovations that are happening behind the scenes in the built world. You know, so, uh, you know, to help to help give some examples of exactly how innovation in its broadest definition is unfolding in real estate. I was able to talk to a woman who spent her whole career helping property firms with their strategic operational redesigns and business transformations.
0: Hi, my name is Maureen Ehrenberg, and I'm a co-founder of Blue Skyer IBE, and we're a strategic partner of
1: Colliers. Maureen was quick to point out that another misconception that people have about innovation is that they always happen with this aha moment. While big breakthroughs make good fodder for movie montages, they don't represent how most design evolves incrementally. Yeah,
0: when when I think of innovation, I think there's. I, I always think of big innovation, and then I think of continuous improvement, which is, in my mind, probably one of the most important parts of innovation for commercial real estate and building, um, because when you get stuck on thinking it's only big ideas, you miss so many of the things that you can do to really change the way you operate. Um, very often, real estate needs to tend to think of itself building by building. So, if you are part of a portfolio, you really do need to take a step back and ask yourself if I am managing my data or my buildings, building by building, what am I doing in the aggregate to pull that information up for reporting? And that's where I see a lot of the breakdown, particularly in investment real estate, because it, it, that data can be very siloed. The systems can be different. The way the data has been set up is different. It makes it very challenging. And many companies today aren't really leveraging that to operate for example with a network operating center across small like fragmented portfolios so it is stepping back and really thinking because when you ask about how do you innovate in real estate one is maybe looking at your building differently than it's just being a building and i can give you a, just a quick example i i went to visit someone recently at their office and they're in a million square foot high rise in the chicago loop when i went into the building um, the whole lobby was empty. Security was empty. They had one person sitting to check you in. I went up in the elevators. Um, there was no one on the floor except this one company that I was going to visit. And um, as I was leaving and looking at all of these empty offices, this completely empty high rise, um, you almost felt, you know, you looked at that building and said, boy, um, in so many ways, all this business is still happening. People aren't here. In a way, this building, when the tenants do return, it's going to have to be a little bit different than what it is because it was almost like time stood still. And so part of the challenge is just rethinking that business that you are doing. And then how do you take, whether it's technology, other amenities, services, rethinking your lease fundamentals to change the product?
1: There are plenty of new ideas in the commercial real estate world that have nothing to do with technology. Granted. New ideas often become the genesis of whole new ecosystems of technology vendors eager to solve new problems, but they usually start out as little more than a new way to monetize a product.
0: Another great example is just the idea of shared office and space on demand. Um, when people started talking about the idea of hoteling and co-working, and and uh, maybe not a lease, but it's a shared office amenity within the building for people to use and they use the space as a service um, that was not viewed uh, traditionally as a landlord amenity. It was looked at like a WeWork or a co-working group would be coming in and taking that space down. Today you're seeing property managers and landlords actually developing that kind of space within the building and offering it as a type of space that you can, lease. That's not necessarily a lease per se. It's more of an agreement that you're using the space and increments of time. That's very forward thinking, and you're seeing, you know, certain landlords taking down, you know, floor after floor and making that an option.
1: At its core, innovating something is just figuring out how to make it work better. While that seems really straightforward, it gets much more complicated when you realize that what it means to make something better depends on who you ask.
0: I like to look at a property as um, almost like two sides of the same coin. But one piece of it is really those building operations. It's those behind the scenes where things are happening, that the tenants aren't seeing it, but they're experiencing it. So whether that's the comfort, the safety, the uptime, the resiliency, the power supply, the Wi-Fi, um, is it working? Uh, You know, today, tenants will go in a building and turn their Wi-Fi on right in the lobby just to test to see, hey, am I having a problem here or not? Because it's a very good indication of why they may be looking in the first place. It's very fundamental and simple. They might get in the elevator just to see if it's working while they're going up and down. And these are things that from a leasing agent perspective to be well aware of what these tenants are looking for and why they may be looking. So that would be building operations and infrastructure. But the other side is really those occupancy needs and that goes everything from just the ability for your people to be more productive. That's why they want the Wi-Fi to work in the garage. If they went down, you know, the elevator and got to their car, and they still want to be on the same call, they don't want to drop two or three times. And then all the way down to if they are coming in, uh, what amenity, what access they have to food? Uh, how long does it take them to get through the building? Are there areas, like for example, outside that they can work? So really thinking about what is the tenant journey when they're coming through the building, what are those amenities, and then what can you do through, whether it's the use of technology, through some apps, through your lighting systems, that you've been able to develop a set of uh, solutions that make the building seem smarter, more, occupantly, more occupant-friendly, and then ultimately more cost-effective um, for those tenants.
1: Some innovations are groundbreaking. They are a step in a completely new direction, but others are more subtle. Sometimes innovating means refining a process that most people don't think needs to be improved at all. In fact, sometimes when these new ideas finally come to light, they make you wonder why you never saw the possibility for change all along.
0: I know a big issue that's coming up right now, and it's really something that is gonna to have to be solved for relatively quickly, is even giving someone an accurate um, estimate on what their uh, utility consumption truly is. For a building that's uh, got one central meter, um, the typical way to bill out is based on your square footage. Um, And so, hey, if you occupy X amount of square feet and my electricity bill is X, you know, your proportionate share is Y. But if you are actually a small sales office and people aren't in there very often, and you're getting billed the same rate as a huge power user up in the building, really that person is shedding some of their carbon over to you. And while all of a sudden you're reporting out on all of this data is far more important now, SEC said in April they're going to start auditing and giving more scrutiny to these audits. To The SEC is not going to audit. the. They're going to challenge the internal auditors for looking at the statements of baselines and savings and things like that that all of a sudden you really do need a really good data audit trail for what you're doing and what you're consuming and what you're reporting. So these are tenant-landlord issues that are going to have to start getting solved that really haven't been an issue until now.
1: Zooming in on certain inputs and outputs is a great way to find innovation. But sometimes to understand what needs to be innovated in the first place, you have to zoom all the way out. This can be difficult for property portfolios because oftentimes they are set up in a way where analyzation only happens on the building level and not as part of a collective whole.
0: If I was a manager for one client that had many um, buildings in my portfolio, uh, if I was not doing this already, I would ensure that every property that I'm managing for that specific client, if those properties are in the same ownership group, I would have the ability to aggregate their data and roll it up to them. Uh, rather than giving them building-by-building building reports. Another very basic thing i would be doing with my reporting tools is, um, again, just talking to someone's day, they're just having huge issue. Again, for their ESG reporting, um, they got a big data dump from all of the payables uh, in the building, and the question was how much diverse spend, um, you know, had they been at either whole budget, how much of was earmarked really for diverse suppliers? And they gave them a, a lump sum number, and they said, that's great, but we need to know what's been spent with women-owned businesses, what's been spent with veterans and, you know, disabled businesses. So they went through the whole kind of grouping, and they said, well, we don't break it down by that. And, it, and that's, again, you go in your system and you set it up that way. If you're going to process the payables, it will automatically market if you're rethinking your process. So when I think of some of these tools, I guess you do have to ask the question, are they able to capture the data? But Let's assume they can. Let's assume your software can. Let's assume these different um, things that you're using to manage the building are. The most important thing is to think through your end-to-end process, like what you're collecting here and your data strategy here and how people are operating here. That data is going to you know, come out in your reports and in your system. If you're not set up to capture it, it's not going to magically get captured somewhere and reported out. So it's a very important thing to relook at what it is that your expectations are from your tenants, as far as the utility example I gave you for carbon, um, whether it is uh, the diverse spend, these different areas that uh, typically maybe a manager hadn't been asked in this amount of detail in the past, but now with a real emphasis on what is happening on with sustainability, carbon reduction, social impact governance and compliance as far as good data and good governance behind the data you kind of really have to rethink your data strategy and the way you are using um, the different tools you're using to manage
1: the building it has been said that larger organizations struggle to be as innovative as smaller ones the late great harvard professor clayton christensen wrote a really influential book on the subject called the innovator's dilemma he explains that larger organizations have different constraints, and are oftentimes set in their ways, hampering their ability to innovate. Real estate companies are often large, stable, and risk adverse, making them more like an incumbent company that gets disrupted than the startups that usually do the disrupting. Making matters worse, there's a bit of an agency issue that can arise. Innovative projects that benefit tenants need to be paid for by ownership, and that doesn't always pencil.
0: With the equipment itself, you're beginning to see a little bit more uptake with the, uh, not only the preventive maintenance component, but also in the capital life cycle planning. And so getting a much better handle on the condition of the equipment and then the amortization that you're using rather than just a straight percentage of, you know, how long it's been there. So you can really begin to forecast more accurately what projects you need to do. And also just from an energy perspective you know what what are ways that you can start bringing in more renewable sources i think the a really old mindset that's been around forever was that so for example many buildings that are separately metered a manager would go to an asset manager and say hey i want to do this lighting project or i want to do this solar project or you know they've come up with ideas and the landlord says well why would i spend capital on that because I'm going to pay for that retrofit or I'm going to pay for that um, renewable energy. And all that does is reduce the tenant's utility bill. So what's my ROI? Today, that whole business um, decision has changed because how does it change your ROI? One, uh, you're, what you're doing for your own ESG and your own impact, it, it will show the impact that you're doing as far as converting, um, you know, just for carbon reduction in your building. So it's an initiative. But number two, your tenants will be very interested to know if there's a potential for a power purchasing agreement or something else where you're actually thinking about how they can reduce their
1: energy. The saying is that necessity is the mother of all invention. Right now, assets like office buildings are feeling the strain of changing market demand, making innovation a necessity instead of a perk. Thanks for listening. This series is brought to you by Cohen Resnick, a leading U.S. advisory, assurance, and tax firm with a global perspective and extensive experience in commercial real estate. As our post-pandemic world continues to take shape, Cohen Resnick believes that the industry's new normal must be one centered around trust, where investors, tenants, landlords, and communities can trust one another to find common ground while creating value and addressing risk. Visit Cohen Resnick's Resource Center at CohenResnick.com slash building trust for insights and tools to propel your business forward. Again, that's C-O-H-N-R-E-Z-N-I-C-K dot com slash building trust.